Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, the NFL schedules are out, and boy, the league did not do the Bucks any favors, especially to start and end the season. We're going to tell you why the NFL had better clear Jameis Winston and fast. Also, some bad news for linebacker Kendall Beckwith. He was a passenger in a one-car accident in Louisiana in which he broke his ankle. He may miss the start of the regular season. We'll have GM Jason Light talking about that in the draft and all things Bucks tonight. And the NHL has decided not to suspend Nikita Kucherov. He will be ready for Game 5 Saturday as they try to wrap up their series with New Jersey. And the Rays begin a series of their own with the Twins tonight at Tropicana Field. Chris Archer on the mound, and he needs a win, and badly. All that and more on this Friday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Hey, it's springtime, and we're celebrating with our spring cleaning sales event. That's Friday, April 27th, and Saturday, April 28th. All jewelry in stock, now 20% off. Need your jewelry repaired? Well, bring it to Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Your repairs will be done on the premises. Nothing is sent out or let us create something special for you. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for your wife or girlfriend, guys, go see our friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Whether you want a diamond pendant or a bracelet or some earrings or maybe you're ready to pop the question you need an engagement ring, you're going to get the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Why walk around the jewelry stores and those shopping malls? They've got a big overhead, and that means a bigger price for you. At Continental Wholesale you're paying wholesale. There's no pressure. So mark down your calendars to attend Continental Wholesale Diamonds Spring Cleaning Event Friday, April 27th and Saturday, April 28th to receive an additional 20% off what is already wholesale prices. Remember, when you come in, make sure to ask for Andy. He's going to pour you a scotch. He's going to tell you about the four C's of diamonds. And he's going to find that perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard. Sweet 150 right next to the penthouse club. So the box schedule is out, Steve, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but they better be ready come September 8th because I'm telling you, uh, this is a tough three games to open. Now, let's just start with the whole disclaimer here. Nobody really knows. I mean, we all play this game of, you know, well, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a loss, that's a win. Yeah, we're going to predict you, all 256 games of the NFL schedule later in this podcast. <laughs> that's right. So make no, sure you really stay not. tuned really for that. Wouldn't that be something? Um, we'll just try. We'll try with the ESPN 16. already did that tonight. So Seriously? Uh, they have in the they past. Went over I, all didn't watch, I didn't watch their schedule show tonight. but Oh, man. They make, they make a cottage industry out of that. Um, I will say this, like, you know, year to year, you know, everybody looks at, okay, well, this team was really good last year, ergo, they must be really good this year. That's, that's a loss. So that's, first of all, you never know year to year what teams are going to be because they're always different. The Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl team is no longer intact. It's been split up. Bo Allen is in Tampa. Um, Benny Curry is in Tampa. So, you know, there's a lot of changes each year. And then you also don't know when you play these teams, what injuries do they have? Are they missing their starting quarterback? You know, um, so many factors. So you really can't 
just assume anything, but let's assume some things for starters here. Um, and that is that the Bucks open at New Orleans, and we know the Saints, who the Bucks beat on the final game of the regular season in 2017, were nonetheless, they're defending NFC South champs. Um, they're a very good football team. They're going to be good again in 2018. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of hype. I mean, that, you know, the Mercedes Dome is going to be hopping when you go to New Orleans and try to open your season there. Um, and then they come home for the Bucks home opener. Oh, yeah, they get the Super Bowl champion Eagles. That's right. Um, they get the team that is the best in the NFL, at least last year. And, again, uh, the Eagles have some issues. They don't know, for example, is Carson Wentz going to be their quarterback? I was going to say, be ready? they have quarterback questions, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they have so many. <laughs> That Wentz may not play. Oh yeah, but they got the Super Bowl MVP and Nick Foles playing, which might actually be worse. So uh, that's the that's week number two. Okay, um, and oh by the way, all games are at one o'clock except for one, and it's the next one. So we got at New Orleans, tough game, home against the Super Bowl champion Eagles, and then bah, 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 Monday Night Football in Tampa. But without John the, Gruden. Without John Gruden, though. I'll tell you what, man. How about these Buccaneers, man? I'll tell you, they got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got Ben Roethlisberger. Are you kidding me? Against Jameis Winston? I can't wait to see this game, man. It's Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. And that is their only primetime game. They do not have a Thursday night game, which is very appreciated by me. <laughs> but not, not only is it their only primetime game. They don't even have right. a four o'clock game on the schedule. They're not they're, unless yes, they're not even a, attractive enough to get the you know the national audience of any other game. Now flex, that's little, flex scheduling can happen as early as week five now, and that's only so on it can on, happen a lot earlier yeah. than it used to. It used to be like eight or nine, but now it can happen week five. So they could get flexed, but they'd have to get off to a really good start to do that. But yeah, so I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about all the one o'clock games, um, but man, and and so why is this? You know, sort of a daunting start. Well, hey, is Jameis Winston going to be playing those three games? I, I mean, think about not having your starting quarterback. And I, look, I Ryan Fitzpatrick did a very good job last year. He's a year older now. I think he's going to be like thirty-five. Um, he went two and one. Okay, he beat a really bad Jets team barely. He went down to Miami and rallied, you know, them against the Dolphins, um, and then he lost the game. I believe it was to Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. But in any event, two and one, you'll take that every year and, and twice on side. I mean, one, you know, one short of Jameis Winston's total win total last year. But I don't have confidence if I'm the Bucks and saying, okay, go get them, man. You got New Orleans on the road. You've got the Eagles at home and then a Monday night game against Pittsburgh. If Jameis Winston is not part of this football team the first, say, two or three weeks of the season, this thing could get away from them fast, right? Am I right about that? It, it can, but let's let's take a different look at this. So in the NFL, if if your quarterback, let's say Jameis is going to get suspended, if your quarterback's going to miss three games, you're hoping to win one with right. your backup. That's, Absolutely, that's what yes. You're hoping, meaning you're probably going to lose all three, is what you're thinking is. It's possible. Sure. So if you're going to lose your star quarterback for three games, mm-hmm. and so why not make it three of your toughest games and go ahead and lose them and let him play the 13 lesser games and have a shot to win more of those games. 
The theory being that he probably wouldn't have a, lot, a high probability of winning that, these games. That and at so New therefore, Orleans, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, those might be losses even with Jameis. So his best effort may not get it. So why not just you know have it, those it may, games and, not and, count? And you're speculating, but hmm. but if you're going to miss your star quarterback for three games and you think you're going to lose those games if you if you're if he's out, why not make it your hardest games? It's one way to look at it. I would just say this that. Um, what happens, especially at the start of the season, and this is with or without Jameis, and you make a, you make a point. I mean, I haven't thought of it that way, um, but if you know, if you, the hardest thing to do in the years that I've been covering this team um, is in any team, I think, is get win number one. Like, there's a different dynamic if you win a game in the first two weeks. Just win one game. Um, it can be the first one and then lose the next one. Doesn't matter. You lose one after that, but you've already won a game. Okay, so. You've done it. It's in the books. You know how to do it. You can do it again. If you start out a season 0-3, and, uh, and especially 0-4, but let's just say 0-3, then everyone starts to trot out those stats that say no team has made the playoffs by losing their first three games since whatever that Chargers team was years and years ago. So, and, and you know, I've always been one to believe that the way games have momentum, you know, um, you, you know, you build momentum based on how you're playing, and, and that usually determines if you win the game or not. Uh, I think seasons have momentum, and I think if you're chasing that first win and you played almost a month of the season and you don't have it, I think the pressure becomes ramped up even higher and higher. And that thing, I've seen 0-3 become 0-7 really fast. Well, don't worry. Cleveland's um, game six, so you shouldn't go past <laughs> 0-5. Okay. Well, yeah, but Cleveland's going to be better too, right? They could have Saquon Barkley and Josh Allen or yeah. somebody. Who knows? But you do get them at home, so. You do. That's true. Um, so a, a daunting start. A um, couple, couple notes here about the schedule that I thought were interesting. Well, first of all, before the schedule came out, okay, and I assume, uh, since, by the way, there was a snafu, <laughs> this thing Oops. was supposed to come out at, at 8 o'clock <laughs> for the NFL which was going to release it on NFL Network because it's such a big primetime show. Like they, this is really like DEFCOM. Like they lock this thing down. All teams are sworn to absolute secrecy. In fact, recently I've been told that the teams really didn't even get the schedules until maybe right before they were going on TV for the very purpose of what happened, what happened yet, um, you know, yesterday. And that is that the Bucks inadvertently, I suppose. Um, put their home schedule on their website <laughs> Oops. like around 2.30, yeah. And then somebody else had access to the entire schedule that they then sent to some writers, uh, Greg Allman and others. And so we had the entire schedule long before it was supposed to be released. Um, so that was uncomfortable. But if we had it, you have to assume, that, of course, the Bucks had it since they were the ones putting it on their website, which means that Jason Light had it. And yet, before it was released and before we knew what the schedule was, here's what Jason Light had to say about waiting for the schedule to come out. Very intrigued with the schedule, and then you start playing the game. Uh, here's this team. They didn't do well last year. You can kind of throw that out the window. It never goes like you think it's going to go. But um, I like to see who we're playing. When are, you know, do we have a stretch of home games? Uh, when is the bye? Um, are we playing on national TV and against who and when? Um, it's, you know, the fan in me comes out when I see it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Okay, so there's a new, uh, kind of a new twist for fans. You know, they're going to make single tickets available immediately. In the past, you had to wait until like late July uh, around the start of training camp. So you'll be able to get those 
right away. Um, another thing about those first three games, the the tickets usually start around sixty dollars for most of the Bucks home games, but since we have the Super Bowl Eagles and the Steelers, yeah, those games are going to start at about one hundred and five dollars each. So you know they're most likely the ones to sell out because Eagle. How about how you know Eagle fans are going to love coming down here? I mean, they probably would prefer to come down here in December or November. Um, but there'll be plenty of Eagle fans certainly at that game and Pittsburgh travels so well. So those are going to be probably some of your sold out games. And I would think a lot of uh, the opposing team's colors, they have an early bye week, which is nice. Uh, this is assuming there's no hurricanes that wipe out an early game and then they have to play straight through, but their bye week is week five. Remember last year, um, they were supposed to have one in week 11, but that Mm -hmm. was basically, um, well, that was moved. Yeah, the week one um, game of, for the hurricane. Because of the hurricane, yeah. So they wound up playing 16 in a row. Um, so this will be different. This year, the Bucks close out the season with 12 straight games. So, you know, not much not much difference there. Um, they're not going to host a division game until December. How about that? Um, they're going to play three of their final five games uh, are against division po- opponents. They have the Saints, the Panthers, and uh, – uh, and then uh, who am I missing? The uh, Atlanta Falcons in the season finale. And you got to say, you know, from a travel it, standpoint, I mean, and we knew the opponents already, so we already knew this. But yeah, they don't go far. No, Chicago is probably the furthest away you're going. Indeed, and that's week four. You know, you've got Baltimore. Which you've be, got the it'll Giants. be good. It's a yeah, break, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's good weather to go to Chicago in in early October, yeah, late September. Your only cold weather games at Baltimore, December sixteenth, and possibly at the Giants, November eighteenth. That's correct. Because you got but five, how about five the, of your last eight games are at home. So five of your first eight are on the road. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's backloaded. Yeah, it, it's backloaded. However, I will say this, that, um, you know, down the stretch, you have, a, you have that Ravens game, which could be cold, as you mentioned, on December 16th. Then they go to the Cowboys two days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Never an easy place to play. Then they finish at home against the Falcons and, um, on December 30th. So, yeah, it's um, – you know, you look at these things and you kind of go, "Wow, they, I don't know, sure they got a good break here." But uh, it, no matter how you slice it, these are th- that's three really good football teams from last year, anyway. Uh, to start out with, Saints, Eagles, and Steelers, and you know, uh, you, they're, I'm sure they're hoping that this investigation gets over with. I don't know that they NFLs talked to Jameis yet, um, so we'll see. But it's nice to know at least where where everybody's going to be in the fall. I kind of got my got my you know year mapped out now and uh and now it's uh all hands on deck for the saints by the way you think we'll be talking a little bit about sean payton and dirk cutter in week one <laughs> renewal of that whole uh maybe handshake a bit. maybe a little bit the hand the handshake um so that'll be good uh also news uh, yesterday is uh jason light announced that uh, you know the bucks have already Sort of gotten some bad breaks with DeMar Dotson, who suddenly needs meniscus surgery and has had knee surgery and is going to be out for OTAs. Um, might miss a significant part of the training camp. We don't know yet. And then, of course, J.R. Sweezy is going to miss OTAs and, and potentially could lapse into training camp as well. Well, they got more bad news that they announced. We do have one other injury um, of note. Kendall Beckwith, while I'm here, um, mentioned this. He was involved in an auto accident. A one-car accident last week back home in Louisiana. He was a passenger in a car and uh, had, a, had to have surgery on his ankle just Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. 
So right now, it's unfair to give a timeline as well with him. Um, we're very fortunate that it wasn't life-threatening for him or the passenger. Um, probably hold him. He'll be out of OTAs in the training camp. We'll have a better idea of how far along he is. You know, actually, I mean, there's a couple things. Your first thought is, well, you're very lucky that it wasn't, you know, something that could have ended much worse. Um, and then the bad news is, well, you know, Beckwith was was a guy that they really leaned on last year. I mean, with injuries to Levante and Quan Alexander, he wound up playing more snaps than any Bucks linebacker a year ago, which is unique because, you know, he was really a Sam linebacker, strong side guy who would come out when teams go to three wideouts, but he played he played Mike, he played, you know, Will, he played all the all the positions. And they gave um, him the and they gave him the, the radio in his headset. And they did. They let him they let him uh you know communicator was there and he had to get the defense set up. So he was a big part uh, of their defense. Now if you're looking for the silver lining, it's that remember Beckwith only needed eight months to recover from a torn ACL. Uh, that he got in his last college game against the University of Florida. He was in training camp eight months and running around full speed, full go, after his uh, his ACL against Florida. So, you know, and this is bone, so I don't know, you know, again, I don't know the extent of the injury. It could be multiple fractures. You might have hardware in there holding it together. I don't know. Um, but typically those things heal faster than, uh, you know, say a knee ligament. And we'll see how fast he can get back. They also have, you know, a Darius Glanton, who is now a Darius Taylor. <laughs> changed, he's truly the player to be named later. Uh, changed his name. Uh, and then Devontae Bond played a lot last year. Is this year, kind of so. like Chad Johnson to Ocho Cinco? Or? Well, not even. I mean, I think it's a family name. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, I, I'm it's, joking. But. Yeah, it's still a Darius. Yeah, Chad went that route, although Chad, Chad was just bat crazy. But, um, you know. They, but the point is that Darius broke his leg, if you remember the last last game of last year. Um, so he's he's back from that, uh, and we'll see if they draft anybody at all. But it's it's a, you know, it, it's a, it's a sad thing uh, for Beckwith and and certainly a player they were counting on. Quan Alexander, by the way, said that he spoke with Beckwith and he said, "Hey, don't count this guy out." He's doing fine. Just we just talked to him before we went to Mies. Uh, spirits high, you know. You get back around nine, so we're gonna go go home, go see him, go check out, check him out, and you know, um, just keep him up, keep him lifted. We were talking to Alexander yesterday. Um, brought up the whole you know end of season thing in 2017. Remember the Carolina game that they played? It was a very close game. They got down. It was fourth and five. Um, they're trying to cling to a, a short lead in, in the waning seconds of the game. Fourth and five is not a gimme down. I mean, it's, it's something that's hard to pick up. Uh, inside the 20 and that was the whole Chris Baker flap where they put you know Baker in the defensive tackle free agents from Washington everybody's yelling don't jump don't jump don't jump off sides what does he do hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He jumps off sides, creates a fourth and one, next play is a touchdown, and then after the game... Uh, you know, Baker was kind of yucking it up as, as Baker was wont to do and, you know, didn't really show really any kind of remorse at all for the, you know, the, 
error that he made and what he potentially cost them. And so Quan Alexander, along with Jameis Winston and some other guys, were the ones that got into Baker's face. And, you know, it, it, a big sort of argument ensued and guys had to be separated. And it was really a thing, um, you know, that they and, – and now, of course, you know, Chris Baker is no longer with the Bucks. He's been released and um, I think he signed with the Bengals. But the point of it is is that it was Alexander that – you know, Levante, but it was Alexander that started it. You know, he had had enough, and he started jumping Baker about smiling, and what are you smiling at? Well, you know, Quan Alexander and Gerald McCoy had had this discussion with other people about holding players accountable, and Alexander says that's exactly what he plans to do this year. That's the first thing we talked about as soon as we got back in the building is um, holding everybody accountable. Everybody needs to know what they're doing and being on the same page. And like I said, communication uh, that's one of the biggest things for us, so we're going to do that. As long as we do that, like I said, we're going to be hard to beat. I'm a leader of this defense. I'm the middle linebacker. I speak my mind regardless of what it is. And I feel like I should open my mouth more. So I've been doing that more since we got here, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. So we had a chance to talk to Jason Light, and this was our sort of pre-draft uh press conference, if you will, where they tell you absolutely nothing about their draft plans. Well, as the article in the Tampa Bay Times pointed out, that last year, everything Jason Light said, they kind of did the opposite of, so. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's liar's poker. I mean, that's that's sort of what, you know, what the NFL in the draft is about. Um, but you always get the proverbial, well, yeah, we could trade up, well, we could trade down, or we could pick right here at number seven. Um, and that's sort of the way things went. But Light did have a chance to uh, talk about the draft. And what's unique about where the Bucks are, um, you know, several years ago, they when in Light's first year, they were picking seventh overall as well. And that's the year that they got Mike Evans. And the difference is, is that only one quarterback went before their pick, which means they got the sixth best position player in the draft, if you want to count the five that went before them in whatever order. I mean, I don't know how the Bucks had had him on the board, but you know, there were five other position players, and then the Bucks took Mike Evans, which worked out very, very well for them. Well, this year, uh, a lot of talk about four quarterbacks going before the Bucks pick, maybe even in the top five, but certainly uh, before they pick at seven. And if that's the case, even though they're picking seventh, the Bucks could get no worse than maybe the top th- three players in the draft, uh, one of those guys, whether it's Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb uh, or Quentin Nelson. Um, so light, you know, talked about the draft and he talked about sort of how these quarterbacks play into their scenarios. I wish I could had a crystal ball and could tell you, you know, you hear a lot of different scenarios. This is the, the time of the year for scenarios and BS and, um, you got to sort through it and nobody knows what, you know, those teams are actually going to do. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So it's our it's our job to go through all the scenarios and to be prepared for every single one. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, two were taken. Wouldn't su- you know? You got to go through a scenario where zero are taken. So it's uh, wouldn't surprise me though. Regardless of what happens, Light says he thinks they're going to get a good player at number seven, and you know this is his fifth draft with the Bucks. And if it's taught him anything, well, if there's a player that you really like and you feel very very confident in. Um, you shouldn't hesitate to take the player. And sometimes getting cute, moving back can cost, um, you know, kind of goes back to how are you going to feel at night when you go after the first day, after the second day? Are you going to feel good or are you going to feel bad that you passed an opportunity to take a guy that you really liked? So, um, you know, lessons, you learn lessons every year. 
Um, sometimes you can fall in love with a player too much, too, and mortgage your, your future and give up picks. We haven't done that yet, but I've restrained from doing that. So maybe you know, lessons, there's a lot of them. There's too many probably to mention, but you learn every year. You grow try to get better and if you're going to remember anything about this remember they're all lying and i have taken the cheese i'm going to write about this for saturday's paper in the tampa bay times about how i was duped by lovey smith intentionally <laughs> on his part yes i took the cheese and i did his bidding for him um and so make sure you read that but you know light address the fact that even if you have guys in the league you can't believe anybody you just have to um you know weed through sort of the bs here's what he had to say about playing liar's poker. Like I said, there's a lot of BS going around now, so you uh, you don't know which ones are serious and which ones aren't. So we'll figure that out soon. But you know, this time of year that we call each other and feel each other out, if you know there might be an opportunity, would you be willing? Or depending on who's on the board, all those types of things. There's a lot of different factors that are involved. But you know, the phones ring in quite a bit. But I don't want to say that they're all serious phone calls. So the Lightning have a chance to wrap up their series. Game 5 is Saturday at 3.20. That's on NBC, your full-color network. And it's uh, good news the Lightning got, as a matter of fact, on Thursday when they learned that Nikita Kucherov will not be suspended for Game 5. Did not for his even hit. get a hearing. So Didn't even, didn't even need a hearing they for his the hit on Sammy Botton. The principal point right? of contact was not the head. So he and it looked like I mean he went shoulder I think from every angle you could see that he leaned with his shoulder, um, you know ultimately striking Vatnin's shoulder and then upper upper body or head area. Vatnin I guess has an upper body injury, uh, but Steve he said he did not travel right. He did not travel with the team to Tampa. They arrived on Thursday afternoon into Tampa, so he is not with the team for Game Five, and that that's a big loss for them. I mean and it showed in, in Game Four as well. Um, he and Will Butcher are their two best defensemen, particularly at moving the puck um, and getting it up ice in that. And uh, his loss is, is a big one for them. Let me ask you this. Kucherov, league looked at it, said nothing illegal, clean hit, sorry, no, no fine, no suspension, no hearing. We saw Brian Boyle and others go after Kucherov sort of in that game. Um, would you expect any more of that? I mean, is this is this over or – Will they will they still try to exact some revenge for Vatna? I don't th- I don't think you'll see a lot, and, and, and the reason is is you don't want to go in the penalty box and cost your team in an elimination Boy, game true. for you. I mean, so if you start going after Nikita Kucherov, you're going to take penalties, and the Lightning's penalty, uh, the power play it's has lethal. been really good. Yeah, you lethal. don't you're facing elimination game. You can't afford to take dumb penalties. Um, no, now, I, I agree with. Now, if someone gets a chance to line him up in the course of play, like Nikita Kucherov and Vatanen, are they going yeah. to put a little extra behind it in that? Absolutely. Um, mm. But you know, I don't see them trying to exact revenge because you may hurt your team and cost your chan- your team a chance at Game Six or you know moving on at that point. And how important? I mean, you're up three one. It's not a gimme that you're going to win, but you certainly want to win one of these next two at home. You don't want to go back on the road. That would be the key. Well, game six uh, would be you, on the road, so the next game would be on. the oh, road. Oh, that's right, game yeah. six. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, but if you win this game, if you win, then then you're actually looking at, at presumably getting some rest, um, depending on how long you know the the Boston and I know Boston and Toronto now because uh, Boston has extended their lead three games to one. Over Toronto, so that well, that could be over quickly as the well. The NHL doesn't schedule round two games until round one is done. All of it, right? Yes, yes. Now, 
a couple years ago, it may have been last year, or maybe it was a couple years ago, they did schedule a round two game one on the same night as the last game seven from round one. Mm-hmm. Um, but traditionally, they do not schedule game the second round until all of round one is done. That it can sometimes vary as they go on later in the playoffs, but for round one, they wait for round one to finish. So presumably, if you win Saturday, you're off till probably at least Thursday, if not Friday or Saturday the next week. Wow. And, and I mean, in a, in a sport that is just, you know, when you get in these postseasons, it's so long and it's, it's just really a battle of, of, of attrition. How big is it for a team, you know, after the, the first series to get four or five days off? Well, I mean, generally teams that win the cup have at least one of those short series that they play four games or five games. Okay. You know, every, you know, the Lightning, you know, a couple of years ago, had they beat Chicago and, and won the Cup, was was weird. They set a record for the most playoff games played of 26. The max you could play is 28. I know. That's but, incredible. But every series they played went six or seven games. Two of them went six, two went seven. Um, mm-hmm. Now, they ended up losing the Cup. They didn't win it. But generally, Cup winners have at least one of those series where they went they won in four or five games, and they got some extra rest, which is very key this time of year is everyone's dinged up. Everyone's not 100%. Um, and, and with the Lightning, you know, we don't know what's wrong with Tyler Johnson and why he missed a day of practice. Steven Stamkos, we know, has had nagging injuries. Ryan we Callahan assume Ryan Callahan has yeah. got the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, he, I am assuming he might be back Saturday as Matthew Pekka was sent back to Syracuse. Uh, he was called. Oh, he was. That's recall. a good sign. Now, he was also yeah. sent back because Syracuse starts their playoffs tonight. Uh, mm. So he, he was sent back for that reason. But it, it may mean that Callahan's back or – you know, everyone else is fine, and, and you know, with Conacher and that, you know, so they're going to be fine to play without Pekka. But uh, that may be a sign Callahan's back on, on Saturday. At least for this series. I thought Conacher was pretty good the other night, didn't you? He, I thought he was really good. I mean, we were having a discussion um, on the on the radio side. I was uh, with Greg Linelli and Eric Erlinson, and we were right. uh, talking about, um, you know, the lineup and stuff. And quite frankly, I'd rather see Conacher in there than than Cedric Paquette. And if Callahan really? comes back, uh, you know, Paquette, Corey Conacher is doing what Cedric Paquette used to do. Which you know, is get under everybody's you, you know, You know Paquette's playing well when everyone on the ice wants to kill him. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's all he does is But we haven't, seen, we haven't seen that in two seasons out of Paquette. Paquette hasn't done that, yeah. Corey Conacher is playing that role. In, in, you know, Corey Conacher, I think, has finally found what his role on an NHL team is, and he's doing it very well. I mean, he's a talented mm-hmm. player, but he's not a top six forward. So he's found this is what I need to do, and he's doing it. And I would rather see him than Cedric Paquette at this point. That's very interesting. Why well, that might be the way they go? I, I I'm still not sure that, uh, you know, that that you're necessarily going to see all the guys that are hurt back. Um, and especially if you think you got this series wrapped up. In other words, you know, you you've got three games. If you think you can do it and and give guys like Callahan rest. Um, you know why? Why why push him? You know what I mean. Like maybe hold him out, and he gets gets even more time to get ready for for uh, Boston. Well, but we'll the see. flip side is, if he's ready to go or basically there is, if he can help your team win, make sure you win Game Five, then the whole team gets rest. Then he guarantees the off times. Yeah, you know if you think no, Callahan's get... better than whoever's coming out of the lineup, Paquette or Conacher, which I would agree he is. Yeah, you know now if he's ready, if he's not ready, you don't. But. I just feel that that this series, you know, the, the the chance for New Jersey was their last game, game four, and I, I, you know, the Lightning clearly are the better team. I don't think there's any question about that. And barring just a bunch of penalties, and we saw another five on three that they gave up a goal the other day. 
um, for the second game in a row. But barring just a rash of that, if they just play their game um, and and don't spend a lot of time in the box and give up power plays, they're going to win. They're you know they're they, going to win the game. They are hands down just, the better team in this matchup. Yes. They're definitely the deeper team. Oh uh, yeah, you know I mean Taylor sure. Hall's phenomenal. For uh, sure, you know. But the rest of their line, I mean, Nico Heischer is good, and they have good players. But you know, outside Taylor Hall, no one really scares you on that team. And you know, the Lightning's depth is too oh, much gosh. for them. And and you know, and you've got a better goalie. Vasilevsky's better than Corey Snyder. Corey Snyder's a very good goalie, but Vasilevsky's better. Right, and playing better. Uh, we'll wrap up the Lightning on this. Victor Hedman uh, is a finalist uh, for the Norris Trophy, with- second time in his career. He's a finalist. Right. He finished third P- last P- year. P.K. Subban and uh, Drew Doughty of the Kings. Subban's won it three times, I want to say. Doughty once. No, they've each won it once. They've each won they've it They've each once. won yep. it once. Okay. Yep. Um, but, okay, so now if they've both got one and Hedman does not. I mean, Hedman is generally considered, obviously, one of the top three defensemen, at least this year. And I think every year, you know, people rave about him. Um, next to Vasilevsky. I'd say he's the player they could least afford to lose on this on this hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, had a career high in goals this year. What was it, seventeen or something? Seventeen like that? that led the league or tied for the league leader of defensemen, and he was fifth in points for defensemen with sixty three. And, and when you look at yeah the points, and when you look at just sort of um, you know the the number of minutes he plays and his presence, his just his presence out there, um, it's he's so important to this team, and they had their best year. Uh, in the best, you know, best year in the in the conference. So, I mean, I think I think maybe he I think maybe he gets this. I didn't think Vasilevsky was going to win, and he didn't. Um, but I think Hedman has a real look at this. Yeah, I think I I don't th- I I would be surprised if Hedman doesn't win it. I wouldn't be shocked. Will but, you? Okay. I, I think okay. I think I think with the start the Lightning had, particularly as good yeah. as this team has been after missing the playoffs last year, as good as Hedman's been, and, and he continues to get better every year. Um, you know, it's not knock on Subban and Dowdy. They're tremendous defensemen. But I and they're think, known I, I quantities, think, yeah. I think the league finally says it's Hedman's turn, which, you know, for a couple of years now, everyone's been saying Hedman's going to win a Norris Trophy at least once, if not multiple times. Um, and right. I, I think this is the year he does it. He gets it. And you typically, you know, win it long after it was deserved, but this was his best year. So his best year, the Lightning's best year. Well, the hard um, part about those... this award is that it's become uh, an offensive defenseman's award. Although bo- all three of these guys are tremendous defensemen, but a lot of right. times it's the goals and points that are the the, the biggest thing that people are judging it by. Because um, yeah, and it's become it's a, that it's... even though you know it's you know if you want to say who the best defenseman on the Lightning is, I would argue it's Anton Strawman as far as you know purely playing defense. Now Hedman's all around game is head and shoulders above Strawman's, but. Um, and, and that's right. all part of being a defenseman is also the offensive end of it. But I think sometimes you get knocked because you don't score. You know, Strawman's not taking the puck down low and, and shooting a lot. Yeah, they look at the goals. And, and they, he's not on something. the power play, which, you know, to, you, you know, if you're going to get a lot of points as a defenseman, you're probably going to be on the power play. Hedman runs the point on the, the number Yeah, he's at the play. point, for gosh sakes. Yeah. Subban does too, and, you know. Yeah, no, all that helps. Um, so we'll see if Hebben wins it. Uh, finally, we'll wrap it up on this. The Rays back in action uh, tonight. They host the Minnesota Twins uh, as they uh, kind of wrap up this long homestand. Chris Archer uh, is on the mound. And I will say, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, he's probably their f- would you, fourth best pitcher now, would you say, Steve? We you got could, Blake you Snell, could make an argument that the bullpen day has been better. You could say the bullpen is two, maybe. Faria is three. And bringing up the rear is your boy Chris Archer, which is not the way it was designed. 
You know, at some point, and these other two guys, you know, Snell and Faria both put up really good outings. Let's see if that carries over. I mean, sometimes it is contagious, and once a guy gets going, and the other ones start attacking as well. But Archer needs to get going. And, you know, the Twins, um, you know, again, this is another team that they should be able to play with, even though, boy, that lineup, man, there, there's not – that is the murmurer's roll, uh, row, not a murderer's row. It is, it is really quiet uh, in that lineup. So we'll see if they can, uh, they can win another series at home. That would be good for them. So listen, we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in Monday through Friday, listening to this podcast, and of course following the Tampa Bay Lightning, all their playoffs, and then the Rays and the Bucks. We are less than one week away from the NFL draft. It is here, and we're going to have stories, and have had stories, but certainly through the weekend. Um, I had a chance to talk to uh, Shaquem Griffin, going to have that on Sunday. Uh, here's a guy that wasn't invited to the Combine, then ends up lighting the world on fire at the combine. Now he's invited to the NFL draft. He's going to be there on the red carpet with his family. Very exciting. And some unique takes by uh, Shaquem about just the perception of him and all the, all the attention he's gotten. And, you know, lost in sort of this is the fact that he's one hell of a football player. Um, so we'll have that for you uh, on Sunday uh, in the Tampa Bay Times. And just, uh, you know, keep it right here. Uh, we enjoy getting the feedback from you guys on the podcast. We're getting a lot of that, some positive feedback. We appreciate that. If you have something that you want to critique us with, that's fine too. You can do it on Twitter and reach us at SportsDayTV, uh, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love for you to rate and review this podcast, Steve. Where can they do that? Well, anywhere you get podcasts, whether you're subscribing through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, SoundCloud. You can rate and review us there. Or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports, read the latest news, and rate and review the podcast there, too. Enjoy the lightning. Enjoy Game 5. We'll be back here on Monday for Steve Versnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 